without cuss words. How would you know I really meant it? Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm an androgynous, black, lesbian, feminist, and a lover of all black people. This is Darren. I'm an asexual novelist, researcher, and bona fide comic book fanatic from the widest part of Southern California. Orange County. We're queer millennials with three kids and nearly 20 years of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness, adulting, and relationships. This is That Black Couple. Hello. Hello. Hi. Guess How what, are you? Guess what month it is? It is July. And, and, and guess what the worst thing about July is? The heat. Uh, no, it's not so bad. Especially if you want to go on like vacation to a place that has beaches and you want to wear a bathing suit and look cute okay. next to the pool. Uh, what about what about the celebration of white independence? Oh, you mean um, Caucasia, straight, cisgender, heterosexual, normative, cis, cis sexist. It's <laughs> a lot of cis. <laughs> patriarchal, monogamist, celebratory independence from one another day. Yes. No, that's not the worst. Well, I guess um, it's not really fair. I mean, it's it's, it's top it's three. It's there. It's top three. Yeah. It's top three. Um, I, I don't got nothing else. What is it? Come on now. Come on now. This is me. It's cancer season, bro. Ooh. I hate, I hate cancer season. I feel like everybody is so emotional. Everyone's like, oh my God, did you sneeze today? Is it about me? Is it, are you allergic? Cause I'm around. <laughs> Do you hate me? And I'm just like, why is everyone's in their feelings, including me? I don't know what happens during cancer season that turns everyone into like a little bit of a mm. cancer. Now that you say it, I'm realizing that yeah, everyone's been, more sensitive I've been a little emotive. Yeah. I'm sure like Mercury is probably in something. Mercury is probably in some type of micro brain. No, Mercury, Mercury probably Mercury's in, hand, in, in Leo. Mercury's in Leo. Mercury's in Leo. Mercury's in Leo. Oh it just entered Leo a few days ago, and it'll See. be in Leo until the twenty fifth of July. See for like the remainder of Cancer season. See the stars. They're in cahoots. <laughs> Cancers and Leos. My least favorite signs, right there with Aquariuses. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say Aquarius is, is worse than Leo, but you think so? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean is it really is there really a race to the bottom? I mean, I mean, they can all be. I there think together. they're all in the bottom. <laughs> can you really tell once they all get down there? They can all just dwell in the bottom. Cancers, of the Leos, and Aquarius is they they all down there somewhere doing down their bottom. Anyway, <clears throat> hey y'all, <laughs> I'm sorry to all of our Cancer, Aquarius, and Leo listeners. You all are wonderful people, and I'm so grateful to you. We love you, and you matter. We love too. you, and you matter. You 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 matter. You. You matter, okay? This is this is season five, <laughs> episode one, episode one of that black couple. We are in our fifth season, and this is about black creativity. This episode is called "Black Creativity Matters." I'm excited, y'all. Um, I want you to actually sit down and grab you a Topo Chico. Ooh, I love Topo Chico. Ooh, that's a good choice. It's a sparkling water, but it's from people who have seasoning on their chicken. Yes, who who know how to season and wash chicken. And wash chicken and wash their legs. And the best thing about Topo Chico, yes. a little known fact, yes. is you can open it mm-hmm. and like 
not have to cork it or nothing. Oh. And for like days, it'll still stay sharp. It'll, it, I love that, that you're saying that like it was a, a fact. That's just your opinion, honey. No, it's just it's just it is a fact. Like like three days later, it'll be like you, you just, just opened decided it. that that's not the carbonation. Don't go. It, that's just that's just how you feel. The ancestors are like we holding it down. You think the ancestors are in the bottles of individual Topo Chico? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. They're, they're there at the bottling plant. They're at the bottling plant mm-hmm. with the Topo Chico bottlers. They, they drop a little bit of essence into every bottle. Ancestral essence. That's why it's so good. That's why it's better than Perrier. Perrier is, is from France. I know. Oh, listen. I'm, that's, on. that's Pellegrino on Perrier ain't got nothing on Topo Chico. Thank you. You think it's the ancestral essence? Point proven. Thank Point you. Point proven. Thank you very much. That was mathematical that you just mm-hmm. did it. All right. Have a seat. This is That Black Couple. I'm Jen. I'm Darren. Before we get started, please make sure you follow us on Twitter, even though it's basically dead. On Instagram at That Be Okay Couple. And now on threads. On threads. <laughs> you don't like it? No. And now on threads at That Be Okay Couple. You can find us on Facebook at That Black Couple and look us up on the internet at thatblackcouple.com. You can stream episodes every single place where podcast episodes are streamed. So that means you can find us on Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts. Spotify, mm. Pandora, mm. Audible. Like, if you listen to the podcast, you should be listening to us. Where do people us. even listen to podcasts now? Everywhere, obviously. Everywhere, child. And you should listen to us on all of those platforms. And then give us a thumbs up or a heart or a little 15,000 stars or like tell everybody how much you like us because we're cute. <laughs> Go it's, ahead, man. It's going to be a good one today, y'all. Yes. And we talking about black creatives and yes. why they matter and why they're important yes. and why you should be supporting them. Yes. And there's a lot of mess going on in the country right now. If you've not been being, paying attention, I hope they have. Um, been. The Supreme Court done run rampant and just said fuck rights. Yes. So <laughs> the Supreme Court said, "Hmm, let me show you some shit right now. You thought last year was bad. Hold my beer." <laughs> they said, "Buckle up." Yeah. So that's going on, and you got, you know academic institutions losing their minds yeah um and then you got private citizens you know following suit so yes in times like these this is when it really really counts to yeah. support black do you want to give some you want to give some details about? yeah let's let's jump into a couple details okay well when we talk about the supreme court which one are you talking about which thing are you talking well, about? We, I mean, we can kind of rochambeau it if you want to choose cases that could be any one of them okay i mean i would say my favorite one is the most the most recent case mm-hmm. um where they just legalized discrimination against lgbtqia plus people right and uh-huh. and it's one of those things where okay just to back up so they they basically so this this white woman white basically said let me make up a fake business yes and then come up with a fake case of someone trying to have me take pictures yes of their gay wedding yes and again this is fake. not an actual person it's asking them made up Yes. for this fake business yes to even do this yes and then i'll get that case to go all the way to the supreme court yes so the so the supreme court can then say yes. it's okay for you to discriminate against gay people even though you don't have a business and no gay person actually ever asked, asked you, you to do that yes for your business yes um so that's now the law of the land. so we have a precedent um we have a, a legal requirement 
well, we had, I guess, we thought we did, called standing. You had to have legal standing in order to bring a case before the Supreme Court. Supreme Court. You had to have somehow incurred some type of injury due to this issue. And so this is interesting because this is a woman who has a made-up injury um, based on a, in a, a person who doesn't actually exist doing something well, to her. To, to be fair, the person, oh, the person exists. The person does exist. They just didn't want to actually But, but when do they anything. asked the person, they said, hey, were you trying to get some service said, for a gay wedding? And they, they said, said, no. No, I'm married to a woman. Right. I'm already married <laughs> and I'm married it, it, to a woman. Right. Not even gay. Not even gay. Right. So it's 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 very strange. So it's built on lies. It's built on lies. Yeah. And it still, it still went, it still went and worked for the Majority conservative yeah. Supreme Court. And my, my favorite part about it is that I was actually watching some news coverage on this. Mm. And someone basically said, you know, they've just reversed all yes. law. Because basically uh-huh. what they just said is it's okay to discriminate. So yes. when you think about it, someone can now have a business yes. and put a sign on the door that says, No Mexicans. Straights only. Yes. Uh huh. Just like they used to say, yes. Whites only. Blacks in the back. And now that's okay. Yes. The, the, the Supreme Court said, Yes works for me juicy outside and that's wild because it's 2023 yes and that's what we're doing now welcome to america welcome to america yes well well you know i i thought you remembered this one um uh the fact that now affirmative action has been officially shot down that's a good one by the u.s supreme court um because of mediocre white people and um a lot of in fact actually asian american um, activists who have been feeling as though there was just too many black and brown students who are getting admission into universities um, and taking their spots. Yeah, their, their wealth and privilege was not oh, working hard just, enough for them. Oh man, and they just couldn't have all the spots and so that's that's not fair and so um, the Supreme Court said you know hey yeah we're going to shoot down the use of race sensitive and race conscious programs um, at private universities. And what I really like about this one is that uh, Harvard came out immediately, immediately and found a loophole and was essentially like, oh, okay, well, we already have an essay that's included in the application. And so we don't actually need to consider your race as an identifier just by checking the box. We actually can just read your essay and you talk about the impacts that have happened to you because of your diverse life experiences. Mm -hmm. And we'll just give you extra credit that way. Yeah, now it's called an adversity score. I love that. So if you've had adversity in your life. I love it. Like racism. Yes. There you go. And and naturally, you can only actually have that if you are a person who experiences racism. And I like this because now, you know, there's going to be a lot more analysis, I think, of this. It's going to be more rigorous. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited and, to see what comes of that. And then on the back of it, someone sued Harvard. Ain't this crazy? Of course. They sued Harvard and said, hey, y'all do legacy admissions. That's discriminatory toward me. Yes. And so now... The same shit that these conservative justices yes. just did is about to bite them in the I ass. I love it so much. And now these little rich sons who are mediocre and actually are like 2.0 students can't get into Yale. Mm-hmm. Like President Bush's child. Oh, we'll be a better place for it. Oh, my goodness. We'll be much improved. So it's been it's been really t- difficult. And I think, you know, when we talk about black creatives, you know, I was I was talking about this recently that creativity, you know, it takes a lot to be creative. Like in order to be creative, you have to have time. You have to get rest. You have to have a nutritious diet. You have to feel good in your body, right? Creativity, 
requires a lot of context and an environment around you that in, it allows you and, embo- and emboldens you and empowers you to be creative. And unfortunately, the things that we're describing, you know, um, situations where, you know, your government is taking away your right to an abortion or your access to health care or your be able to, your ability to go to college at an affordable rate or in a, a city or a state that's nearby or your, you know, ability to go to a business nearby and assume that they're going to give you business because you are paying as a customer. Um, having to deal with those types of things in your day to day life, it causes these undue stressors and it causes these anxieties that you carry around with you and you get preoccupied occupied you're so busy worried about survival that you don't have a lot of time for Mm -hmm. creativity so creativity and imagination those things like we have to fight as black folk as marginalized folks as queer folks as disabled folk you know as first gen you know immigrant folk we have to fight really hard to find time to be creative in a system that is really dedicated to using all of our psychic energy on survival yeah it's like I think about the rose that grew from concrete. Oh, it was Tupac Shakur. Okay. A little Tupac. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's so beautiful. The whole concept of, oh, it's a concrete floor. And then this rose comes out of it. And like, oh, such great, wonderful beauty. And I'm like, shit, that rose had to fucking Worked fight. really fucking hard. Like really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And what if that rose had the opportunity to just grow in an open field mm-hmm. without the concrete? Mm-hmm. Like how many more roses would we have? Mm-hmm. How big would the rose have grown? Mm-hmm. How big would the bush be? You know, like all of these types of things. And that's when, when you talk about creativity and how much it takes, you know, it's like, it's like plants, mm-hmm. you know, you have to feed them. You have to water them. You have to nurture okay, them. Plants. You have to give them light. Okay, plants. You know, you got to talk to them. Okay, plants. You know, you got to be their friend. Yes. Welcome them into your family. You say something right now. <laughs> But that's it's the same thing with creativity. You, yeah. got, you got to there's a lot that you need to feed into your creativity. Yeah. And when you got things left and right trying to hamper you, it just it just makes it that much harder to even be creative. It does. And that's what we're talking about today. This podcast is supported by generous donations from our patrons and listeners. Become a supporter today by heading to www.patreon.com/colorcombosmedia. You can stream the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope comments. This helps us with our paid drinkings and gets more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. And we're back. Hello. It's time for the conversation. I'm ready. Let's do this. Well, I feel like... Yeah, I feel like we're in great spirits, but we're talking about some really shitty things. I mean, I think it's because creativity and imagination are exciting, but unfortunately, a lot of our creativity and imagination is is born through a lot of struggle. You know? Yeah, it is. It's like how a diamond comes from charcoal that you have to put immense pressure on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, ooh, it's so great at the end, but it went through hell to get there. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what it feels like right now. Is it's appalling to watch. Mm-hmm. As we we see all of these like book bans going into effect, mm-hmm. and we see the proliferation of diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm-hmm. otherwise known as DEI. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't forget with, the A. They add the A now. Oh, there's an A D-E-I-A. now. DEIA: Diversity, Equity, D-E-I-A. Inclusion, and Access. Oh, and access. That's their new one. The white ladies added access. Wow. Mm-hmm. They probably work, workshop that like in a focus group. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they had some type of like flow chart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about about D E I A. 
um, is it sounds nice. Mm-hmm. It sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. It sounds great. It's, it's a good idea, idea just scrambled up. Uh, <laughs> idea just scrambled <laughs> up. Wow. Um, the problem with it is, it's, as you just noted, most often led by white people. Mm-hmm. And so when you have white people being the gatekeepers or the subject matter experts when mm-hmm. it comes to concepts of diversity, equity and inclusion <laughs> and now access, <laughs> I think we can all see the problem. there. Yeah, how weird. It, it To me, it reminds me of when everyone wanted to have like like some kind of race chair, like someone someone you know, at the school or at, at, at the board mm. meetings or whatever it was that was like the black face, you mm-hmm, know, like to mm-hmm. say, look, we have a black person and they're here to chime in, mm. to keep us in check, to make sure that we don't go off the rails or do something racist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When realistically it was, it was just, you know, a front to say, now we, now you can't make us look bad. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing about DEI. And that's why it gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just another band-aid to make people not look bad when they when they're gonna do the same thing they were already doing. I mean, I'm not I'm not okay. So I think I think I agree to some extent, right? I think that DEI is like DEIA is an approach that actually came from the right place. It came from unfortunately the same ideas around integration politics that suggest that if you just get people in the room that it'll diversify ideas and diversify hiring strategies and then if you open the door somebody else will open it behind them blah 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 but what people don't understand is that a lot of these theories right because because whiteness is obsessed with preserving itself right and preserving the status quo and with also denying that it's violent right that it doesn't notice its own culture Mm -hmm. so DEIA works in a perfect world where there isn't white supremacy where there isn't massage noir where there isn't patriarchy DEIA works perfectly in an environment where people are like oh we just didn't have people around and now you're here so you should come and join us not in a world where it was like hey we systemically kept you motherfuckers out because we don't want you to make as much money as us because we secretly actually hate you and think you should all be in jail or dead that's different Mm-hmm. DEIA works in theory. It just doesn't work in practice because exactly. we live in a racist society. And unfortunately, white people are not socialized with a lens to understand that because they, they benefit from it because their whole life, they are enveloped in this white racist culture that allows them to move. It's almost as if, you know, you know how certain um, elements can move more smoothly through certain types of viscosity of chemical. And it's the same way how white folks are, made, are able to move through society, right? It's, they are, they are just symbiotic, right? Society and white folk are made so that they can move smoothly through it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not made for black folk. And for queer folk and for Asian folk and for disabled folk. And, you know, it's, it's, there's a different viscosity. There's a different, there's a, there are different elements in the air. There are different factors. There are different impacts that we have to deal with. And, and the white folk who deal with white culture, they don't even notice it. They don't even see right. it. And, th- and that's why I say it's such a problem where you have these departments, you have these groupings, and then there's a white person leading it. Right. Right. Like they're not in the position to really understand not capable how they should be wielding that type right. of power right right 
I'm a black person. I'm a beautiful, thick booty black woman. Can you imagine me being in charge of creating a fleet of critics of black women? Like my job is to figure out all the things that are inherently flawed about black women. You'd fail. Me? No, ma'am. You'd fail. There's no way. <laughs> this is not possible. No. 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 How would I do that? I'm socialized to love myself. I'm socialized. Actually, I'm not. But I but I believe in myself. I love myself, right? Right. And but white folk aren't socialized to believe themselves as as the norm. As 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 the most right thing. And and now we put someone in a position to to teach white folk that actually what we need is more people who don't look like you in the room. How does that make sense? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. They want it to make sense, but it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And now all of that kind of hysteria is, it, it's kind of gripping the country in a, in a certain kind of way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that leads to these book bans, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, people feel like, oh, everything has to be so diverse. Everyone has, everything is so gay and colored in rainbow flags. I don't want that for my kid. You know, I want them to only learn arithmetic, you know. <laughs> what, you know? Is that what they're saying, there? They're saying they want to I learn mean, arithmetic? They're trying to be in the 1950s. I mean, that's basically what it is. Child, and arithmetic. so then, they, you know, then they start banning books that, that even mention or allude to, mm-hmm. you know, actual real people in the way that they live their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny because we were watching Summer House mm-hmm. and we watched the whole series. Mm-hmm. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Good show. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the part that stuck with me most though was mm-hmm. that there's one there's one castmate there mm-hmm. who grew up in Texas yeah and they were literally teaching him black history and his mind was and, and it wasn't like deep cuts no. it was like it was real simple Martin stuff. Luther King <laughs> said yeah. I have a dream and he, he was like whoa this is wild yeah. and he said out loud he's like in Texas we don't have this stuff in the books it's not in our textbooks they just said. they just don't teach us basic, basic facts yeah and yeah. and now they're trying to you know spread that out across the country and, yeah. and and all of these these academic institutions i feel like they don't they don't know how to defend themselves what do you mean they don't know how they can't they can't defend themselves i mean a lot of these academic institutions are public universities right so they're beholden to voters they're beholden to constituents so they have to do what these people tell them to do. And unfortunately, the same people who are like, oh, CRT is bad. Talking about race in a classroom is bad. Talking about queer people, make sure kids gay. Those are the same people who send those kids to college. And like, don't you dare teach that stuff in the classroom when my kid gets to college. Yep. That's, that's how it works. That's exactly how it works. And it's terrifying. I mean, I have colleagues who are in court right now trying to argue that they should be able to teach black history there there was just some drama in tulsa this week where in tulsa they're trying to not teach about the right the race right right and in tulsa in tulsa because because they don't want white people to feel bad right but it's like right this is the actual history of the ground and that's not what education is about education is not about feelings that's not what we do that's not what we do that's not what we do it's about like, facts. Math makes people feel bad every fucking day, and nobody has ever stopped teaching geometry or algebra or calculus. I really wish that niggas would stop teaching me fucking physics, because you know why that shit made me feel bad. Mm-hmm. Physics three? Oh my god, I cried. Why the fuck <laughs> I gotta learn that? It don't make no sense. This is the logic that we're trying. It doesn't to make any now. sense. I hated chemistry. 
Why they gotta teach that? Well, I hated balancing them equations. Right, Kim two hundred one, cancel that shit. Cancel it. It makes me feel bad. It makes me feel bad. Just teach me the periodic table. Right, and then That's let it. me be done because I feel better. If I just know that. Yeah, it looks pretty and I can make up funny rhymes. But that doesn't make any fucking sense. That doesn't make any fucking sense. It only we only bend reality for white people. But that and that's the thing. If it doesn't make sense if you are trying to be a progressive society. Nigga, if they start saying wood front doors make white people feel bad, we're gonna have to start having fucking rubber front doors, fucking yep. clear front doors. Oh, you got a fucking uh wood front door, that's that's anti white. And this, and this is the thing. This is the thing. And I know I'm being really hyperbolic right now, on but purpose. like very much on purpose. But that's how that's how ridiculous it sounds to suggest that you know books like Solway, right? A book written by Lupita Nyong'o for children needs to be banned because it tells the story of a little black baby. Mm-hmm. A, a baby. These are babies. These are like they're like, oh my gosh, this book tells the story of a little Chinese girl who ended up being separated from her parents and has to deal with the immigrant life. Well, that happens. It's yeah. a thing that happens. Oh, this tells the story of a little child who figures out that they're trans and now they go by George. Well, that's kind of that happens every day. There's little kids every day who realize, wait, I'm I'm not the gender you told me I was, and I'm my I prefer this gender. Actually, this makes more sense. And it's really strange to me that only in the case of really loud, wealthy, and very shallowly read white men are we expected to bend reality, actively bend reality. The Supreme Court right now is bending reality. Mm -hmm. They're being fucking time benders right now. They said, oh, okay, I know we've been doing this for fucking a century, but... You know, we're just going to do something a little bit different because we don't want to make these white men mad. I mean, I just, I just wonder where our, where our sense went, our common sense. I, I know a lot of people didn't have common sense to begin with, but I just feel like it's really slipping. Like, I feel like it's really, really slipping. Like, they never had common sense there. Who? I'm just, I'm just saying, and I'm, I'm like I said, I know Who? we, I was telling you the other day where I, w- I was looking at the world and I was like, it's a miracle and it's a marvel. That we are still here. It's wild, bro. When it's you look wild. at the people in power and how stupid they are. Oh my gosh. And how much power they wield and how stupid they are. By the grace of God. I'm like, how have we made it this By far? By the grace of God. I'm grateful to black ancestry. I really feel grateful that we are black because they have kept us. Yes. These niggas have tried to wipe us out. They just started washing their hands during COVID. These niggas have tried to wipe us out. And I'm sure they stopped. They was like, oh, we got to wash our hands. I'm like, y'all motherfuckers, I will never interact with you motherfuckers they again. They don't wash their hands. They don't wash their they legs. They wash their legs. They don't wash their chicken and they don't wash their face. Why don't they want to wash stuff? You work so hard to get soap. You want to sit here and make fun of us and put us on the all, on all the ads, call us picnics and shit and wash off your babies and make it look like they took, we went from a dirty black baby to a clean white baby. That was your main ad in 1910. Mm-hmm. So why you had that shit, but you don't want to wash your legs in 2023? Make it make sense. They don't want to. Good lord, you don't even using your racism right. They never That's what do. I always say. Like, why do you want to go around the world and steal autumn seasonings to have bland chicken? And that wow, they were they were killing civilization. I don't understand why you spices. don't. Why you have the racism? It's like that's the that's that's the definition of whiteness right there. That's that's hoarding right there. Like I'm gonna come kill you motherfuckers right and steal your seasonings and then I won't season my chicken. <laughs> what is that? 
I'ma come over here and I'ma get all this soap and shit and put y'all niggas on the ass and make fun of y'all niggas and call you dirty and not give y'all no soap. Then I'ma keep my legs dirty. What are we doing? Shit is fucking weird, it's real bro. Different. We're getting off topic. We're getting off topic, but it also kind of reminds me about what you've been dealing with. That's what I was late. about to say. <laughs> I was gonna bring that up because this is, you know, I'm obviously I'm a professor. So this is my domain as well. This happens to me. You know what I'm saying? Every few years, these raggedy ass, you know, conservative people who I guess have nothing better to do. I mean, how to, boring and dreadful my your life must gosh. be. I mean, I'm interesting. And like I said, I got a fat ass and I'm cute. So I get it. <laughs> I get it. But sir, I'm not available. So I don't understand. But yeah, the whites got mad, you know, recently because you and I, are running a writing program which we run every summer mm-hmm. um this is the second summer we've run it officially but every summer i've run a writing program since 2020 actually and it's always been for black and queer people every single one of them because you know why that's who i hang out with right that's who i hang out with and and that's who needs spaces that's who needs spaces for them. i mean actually like 98 percent of my friends are black and like 90% of them are queer. So it really is just an opportunity for me to hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. So it was really strange when um, I saw some news stories pop up last week on conservative media that were like, your accused professor is only allowing for black students to be in her writing program, blah, 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 which is so strange, which is so strange. Because, sir, do you want to come? Hey, Chet, do you want to come? build trans futures with us what do, what do they want what do you want <laughs> what do you want from us what do you want and this is the thing too and this is how we loop it back to talking about like black creativity right because we have to we have to fight for these spaces right yeah and that's part of what we do right that's part of what we have been doing even like during COVID, when it was like hey y'all i would like always text my friends and be like hey i'm about to be writing tomorrow what y'all doing like mass text 20 people hey what y'all doing and we would just be on you know zoom for a day you know pomodoros writing together because unfortunately you know there is this idea that when we come together when we create together that it's dangerous right Mm -hmm. that when we are seeking one another out when we are building space together there's this idea that whiteness needs to infiltrate it you know what i'm saying and that's what's happening with crt right it's like let's ban the books let's get this out of the classroom let's get the teachers out let's get right you know it's like we can't even build community on these college campuses it's this idea that these campuses belong to white people not mm-hmm. to us and now you know in even the idea that we would go and have our own spaces separate from institutions now it's like okay let's root that out too mm-hmm. so it's really this episode is really a, about also about reclamation right because yes. we have a right to creativity we have a right to create those spaces we have a right to to have parts of our lives that are artistic and that are about our development that have nothing to do with whiteness and white supremacy and anti-blackness and massage noir and patriarchy and all the oppressive ways that these systems seek to annihilate us and that's and that's the threat and that's why they don't like it and that's why they want to break it up right because our knowledge our knowledge building, mm-hmm. our creativity, our creative works, those things are threats to that long litany of terrible, horrible things that you just said. Right. Right. Those things seek to dismantle and break apart those institutions. The more people know, the more people are aware of, 
the, the, the more sharp and intelligent people are, the more they look at these systems and see how they don't make sense. Yeah, I think that's really important, too, because I was thinking about this article that my best friend sent me about a, a professor at Texas A&M who was supposed to supposed to have this position over a defunct journalism department. And originally the position had a five year tenure. Um, there were certain benefits associated with the position. And then as all this CRT stuff started happening, all this DEI stuff started happening, all these attacks started happening at the Supreme Court level, the university started to roll back the offer to her. This is a black woman. Um, and a very well-established, like, a black woman, uh, she has a, a pretty long-standing career in journalism. Yeah, she worked at the New York Times right. editing for years. Like a real, a real nigga, right? Real. And so they started rolling back the offer, and then eventually they rolled it all the way back to, like, a non-tenure track position for one year, like a contract position. And she was like, absolutely not. And she, like, like released the information to uh, news or whatever. And it was, it was so awful, like, to read that because... What it, it said a couple things to me, right? First, that these institutions, these universities are really susceptible to people who a lot of them have never even attended college, are not are not able to go to those schools. Like they're just political. They're just they just got ideology. Mm-hmm. They just got really loud voices and political concerns, right? So it's, it's just political pressure. It's performative. It's symbolic. But but also the fact that those political and ideological concerns are shaping the lives of a lot of faculty of color. Right. A lot of faculty of color on these campuses are being pushed out of positions. Positions are being uh, shut down that had previously been opened. There was mm-hmm. a big push for these positions after George Floyd was killed in 2020. And a lot of these programs that were really focused on race and race and ethnicity and policing, they're shutting all of that down. And then the last thing that really like, sh- like immediately shut out to me was like, that's so awful because this was a defunct journalism department. Right. And that means that all those students now have nowhere to go. Exactly. They have nowhere to go. And so so this is, again, we talk about creativity, right? We I want to make a real clear, like, linear connection between what's happening at the political level, right? This kind of more abstract thing and what it's doing at the personal level, which is it's keeping those resources away from people. It's keeping those educators out of classrooms. It's keeping their books from getting published and off of shelves in local libraries. It's making it harder for them to go on television and share their ideas or to feel safe publishing their articles, right? It's making it harder to tell the truth about history, about race, about gender, about sexuality in this country. It's making it harder to be a person at the margins. And that's exactly what they want. And that's exactly what they want. You can find my mom and dad, aka That Black Couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. That Black Couple is owned and operated by Color Combos Media. If you would like to help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com slash colorcombosvideo. Please consider giving us 5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. You can also give one-time donations at www.paypal.me slash colorcombosmedia. All donations are welcome. And we are back. And we back on the last segment. Hey. And it's time to reflect. Let's do it. Um, so for the re- reflection, you know, we talked a little bit and said, you know, what we want to re- really reflect about. And I, I think it is important that we reflect about how we have been supported in our own creative work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, I, you know, 
I feel like it's been a little doom and gloom, been a little bit dark. Yeah. So talking about a lot of terrible things. Yeah. But it's not all bad. No. There's a, there's a lot of goodness mm-hmm, going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I would say for me as someone who's been, you know, endeavoring in the in the writing space for decades at this point, mm-hmm. you know, it's I've seen a lot of up, ups and downs in the industry. I've yeah. seen a lot of changes for the positives, a lot of things that are major setbacks. But I think for me personally, it's been great that I've been able to find outlets that want to support my work and yeah. the type of work that I do um, and the type of work that I want to read as well. Yeah. Right. Because um, when I think about the writing industry, it really is almost like a really big family. Like it's people that really, in most cases, want to support other people's work and, and have that same effort be reciprocated toward them. Yeah. And so I found in, in educational lanes. So when I've been taking classes, when I was, uh, studying for my MFA, um, that was the type of feel that I got from people is that we are all in this together mm-hmm. and I'm going to do my best to support your work. And I know that you're going to do your best to support my work in turn. Yeah. And I think having that type of fostered, you know, nurturing environment is so vital for any type of creative work that you're trying to work on. I agree. So I, I, I think about this, I think a little bit differently because I think that when I think about how our work has been supported, I also think there's been a lot of times where we didn't feel supported. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've been together for 20 years. So there were times where it was like, okay, fuck you niggas because none of y'all are sharing my work. You know, like there've been times where we didn't have no Patreon subscribers. We didn't have no listeners, you know, um, our platform was really small, you know, and those times are really hard. You know, and I think that we're lucky because we did it together. So I think that we always had each other to cheer one another on. I think you always need to have like a cheerleader or two, you know. But what I will also say is like one of the hardest things about being a black creative, right, is that you watch so much of your juice and like the shit that you good at and dope at being produced by people who are not black or people who are not authentic, right? And they're doing well, right? And and it's very easy to be, to be like, oh, that's fucked up, right? Or to feel jealousy or envy. It's very easy to feel like they took your spot, right? Mm-hmm. But one thing I think that has really helped me was to learn, like, when Ava DuVernay said, like, you you have no traffic when you're in your own lane. Like, once you hit your lane, there's no traffic. There's no traffic. And that shit, when she said that, it cleared everything up for me. It cleared everything up for me. I was, I never had to feel an ounce of jealousy. I never had to feel any envy or concern because I realized that everything that was for me was for me. Mm-hmm. If I was meant to get it, if it was meant to be mine, if I worked my ass off and I was authentic and I showed up as my best, I would get it, right? And I think when I think about what supported me most and what's gotten me through the most has been living in that fully. Like really sitting in that and living in it and honoring my creativity and honoring how I show up, honoring my gifts and being like, bitch, listen, this is the version they're going to get today. If it's meant to be, it's going to be. If it's not, it's not. And letting it go. Everything else, letting it go. And I would just add on to that and say, that's why it is so important that that we support black creatives. Yeah. I, I will be the first to say I am a highly 
highly critical person. Yes, you are. I can I can find the the faults and the flaws in nearly anything. Mm-hmm. But when I see something that's just purely dope, that's just pure amazement, that's just pure wonderment, I want to definitely go up to whoever that is. I want to you know comment on that podcast. I want to you know put um, a favorable review at that restaurant mm-hmm, and say mm-hmm. this is it. This mm-hmm. This this is the one, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. This deserves that type of praise. Um, and I feel like as a society, we are too focused on the critical. We are. Like we're in that Yelp society where you want to you wanna always go to the comments and, and point out all the negatives. Yeah. But when something's positive, you're more likely to just say, oh, that was great. That's and fine. and, not, and not, not shout that from the rooftops as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing when it comes to black creatives, we have to get better at. Mm. It's really... When we find something that we love, when we find something that's great, when we find some people that are doing a great job, um, to actually support them. I agree. And, and the support can come, it can be monetary. All kind of ways. It could be just, you know, spreading the word. Yep. It could be asking how you can help. Yep. I mean, there's so many different ways to help and be supportive, but it's important that, that we offer up that support. I agree. Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at that BLK couple, on Facebook at that black couple, and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com. Bye.